Welcome back to Snap Academy. I am your host, Sterling. And I'm your co-host, once again, broadcasting live, multiverse-wide, Snap Daddy, a.k.a. AJ Sterling, my brother. It's been a minute, man. Good to see you. Well, good to talk to you. It feels like feels like I'm seeing you, man. It's nice to talk to you again. How you doing, man? Right. I'm doing good. So, yeah, life kind of, you know, threw a curveball for a little bit, and we had some things to take care of, but uh, we are back at it again. We got some uh, locations to finish up, which I think we are going to do with this episode, right? Yeah, the third installment of the epic location uh, series. I think that this is a really great series, and, and the game's live now. Uh, it's finally live, a uh, worldwide release, got an influx of new players. I know the Facebook group has doubled in size, so that's awesome. And I think that these episodes, uh, this one today and the two previous ones about locations, can be one of the most important resources for a new or... A, if you're a casual player like me who had to take a little bit of a for a minute to play some magic, but I'm back. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree that, uh, you know, we, we aren't, uh, you know, your most competitive players, but I think we definitely still give some good advice and some good tips. And uh, we both have been playing since open beta. So we definitely have some time put into this game. So, um, yeah. Uh, not only our location episodes, but uh, if you are new and just checking into this podcast, definitely go back through and check out some of the episode, other episodes that we have. Um, we, we've got some good information for you guys, so uh, and look forward to what we bring into the future. Absolutely, and it, like Sterling said, if you're new and listening, thanks for being here. We appreciate you. All right, dude, let's get back into it. We left off at stark tower so stark tower the location at the end of turn five give all cards here plus two power seems like a location you want to be at right yeah i that's it's a good location it's nice that it's not until turn five so you can kind of you know give a little bit of uh some thought as to where you want to go um also you know don't be scared to not even go there because especially if the opponent plays more cards than you do uh you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. You you only have to win two locations. So, um, but if you are you know a, a lower cost deck, it's a fun location to go to. You can throw down a bunch of cards and get plus eight power. Yeah, and so I, I've been thinking about the game from like a beginner's uh, perspective. I was mentioning in our pre-show that my wife Jenna Magic, aka uh, Jet. Mommy Magic, a.k.a. Jenna, a.k.a. Snap Mommy. I'm getting her a.k.a.'s confused. (laughs) She just started, and so I'm trying to look at these uh, locations kind of from the lens of, like, a newer player, and I was just thinking about this one, and something that I think would work great is uh, Nightcrawler. Put Nightcrawler or something, you know, Vision or something that can be moved at Stark Tower, Uh, because one of the dope... um, plays with nightcrawler is moving him late like filling up a location and then getting him out of there to put something more powerful in uh that can i i know that i've fallen victim to that surprise and be like oh damn that's nightcrawler and he hasn't moved yet so you get a free win there but it's nice so you can leave there until he gets power buff and then he can move so i i think that that's stuff like that is something you want to keep it keep an eye out for to maximize what you can get out of it 
Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, Nightcrawler, you know, uh, new players get him uh, pretty much right away. He is he's a solid card throughout all of your collection. Uh, I still play him in a lot of decks. Uh, he is he's good, especially in those uh, kind of interactions like you just mentioned. You know, uh, throwing him down on you know Stark Tower, getting some some power buff, and then moving him out and giving freeing up space for other cards. So yeah, really good. Yeah, I feel it. Okay, so. Next up is Starlight Citadel. After turn four, swap the position of each location. Uh, so this is a similar effect to Quake, which I, I haven't played much with. Um, Quake's her name, right? The, she she yep. comes down. Yep. Quake, she has them. to go to the, the middle location for her uh, ability to proc, but then she swaps the locations, like mixes right. in the month. So... This is kind of, it's kind of random, but I think that it, it's something that whenever the locations swap, it can really throw a monkey wrench into your plans. It's something to keep an eye out for. It's also something that, like, if you have, uh, you know, one of the other locations that, you know, gives minus power, uh, I think, like, sewer system, uh, it, it's it's okay then to go ahead and play into those because then you know you're going to swap it around and it's not going to be uh, that location anymore. You're, you're actually going to get, you know, your normal power instead of that uh, debuff. Right. That's smart. Yeah. So, so thinking about that and, um, or, or things where like you can't play uh, cards there or, um, or not far with no name. Um, Whoever has the lowest power here wins. You know, you play a bunch of stuff there because you know the locations are going to swap. The next level of thinking, the next level is, though, uh-oh, my opponent, uh, I, I've played to the minus three location, or I've played to the bar with no name, and now my opponent changed this location with Scarlet Witch or with uh, Magic or with um, Rhino. So that's like the next step in the strategy uh, tree. Right. Also, something to be aware of is if you play something like... Uh storm that will you know flood the location and then if uh you know this comes out and swaps them around that location is still flooded even uh you know wherever it moves to so uh, you know definitely keep that in mind right right you're not going to be able to add stuff well you can still add you just can't play to it yeah right a, a lot yep. of a lot of wild seem to come up that often which i <laughs> i think is good uh, the, the location positions can be uh, definitely a, a one of the more brutal RNG aspects in the game. But like you said, you know you can play around it, and uh, RNG affects both players equally. So it's just how you play around it. Yeah, exactly. I think, and that's you know, people will bring out a lot of uh, the RNG in this game and talk about it a lot. But uh, like you said, it is equal to both players, and it's more about you know what can your deck do uh, your knowledge of the locations, your knowledge of potentially what your opponent can play. So uh, that just all kind of, you know, adds into it. For sure. All right. So next up, we got a uh, strange Academy at the end of turn five, move all cards here to other random locations. So uh, definitely the, the movement decks best friend, if the movement deck even still exists at this point, um, I, that uh, sometimes I like to fill up a location for this pop off to kind of control it more. What do you think about that? Well, see, and 
I guess it depends on the, the style of decks that you enjoy playing. I play a lot of Professor X, and I love it when people are expecting a move, and Professor Ooh. comes down and locks down the lane, and it's like, oh, well, that's not moving anywhere now. So, right, right. So um, you, you might end up losing that, that lane, but they lose out on all the power that's stuck there. Right, right. So... Yeah. yeah, Professor X, one of the most uh, tricky cards in the game for sure, and uh, you can you can definitely get people. Also, it's great to have just a a natural move from the location because uh, there's a lot of cards that get bonuses from cards moving, or uh, it's important to move them around. So just having that happen naturally could end up being a bonus. Um, right. You also want to pay attention to what the other locations are, because as you mentioned, the the bar with no name, if that's a location out there, maybe you don't want to have anything in Strange Academy, um, you know, or maybe you you play out so that in other lanes so that you can kind of like, you know, mitigate where cards get moved to. For sure. And to kind of reference what you were saying, like about, you know, knowledge of locations and stuff like that. If, let's say a scenario where uh, the second location uh, revealed is Strange Academy. Maybe you don't want to play to that right away because you think you, you got to think what could that third location be? Could it be something like Bart that has no name that this could just, if I play a card here, it could end up being an auto loss for me. So that's definitely something to keep in mind as well. Yes. All right. Subterranea shuffle shuffle five rocks into each deck. Um, if I'm playing Mister Negative, a lot of decks. I this is my most hated location. Uh, really, no deck can play around this. You're getting five craft cards in in your your deck. I think the only deck that really could potentially utilize it is the Patriot style decks that you know pump up cards that have no abilities, uh, Kazar, Blue Marvel. But even then, getting five crap cards in your deck is going to make it more difficult to find your power pieces. So I absolutely hate Subterranea. I really wish it wasn't five uh, rocks. It just yeah, it, five is brutal. Yeah, and it's such a feel bad when you draw three rocks in a row. Um, I don't know any deck that can actually come back from that. Right, right. And, and it, it may be Carnage. Carnage is kind of okay with rocks, but even with the Patriot, they're still drawing worse cards than they would be otherwise. So it definitely right. hurts every deck. Some, deck it, some decks, it might just end their game outright. Yeah. Yep. No, it did. And you still, unless your opponent snaps again, uh, you know, listen back to, to one of our podcasts about, uh, you know, the snap mechanic and uh, things like that. But if your opponent snaps, you, you probably want to re- leave right away, um, you know, because clearly, uh, you know, I've had games. The RNG is pretty bad with that, where, you know, if your opponent is drawing their cards and not the rocks, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, so just go ahead and take your one cube loss and move on to the next game. Exactly. All right. Uh, we were just mentioning this. The bar with no name, whoever has the least power here wins. We kind of mentioned it uh, just just recently. Um, definitely a devastating. I've, I've had uh, Scarlet Witch. I've played Scarlet Witch on a. On, oh, I don't know. 
I like this location. Let's switch it. Oh, bar with no name. Oh, I guess I lose this game here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a tough one because, uh, you know, not too many cards are going to give you minus power. Uh, the one card that's, you know, is actually really good to play there is the hood. Yeah. Because uh, for anybody that doesn't know, you know, the hood is, he's minus two. But one, you know, he gives you a demon in your hand for one uh, energy, six power. So you go ahead and play him and bar with no name. Now you're you're winning that location, and you got a pretty good beefy card in your hand. Definitely. So you know, if, if you're playing the if you're playing hood, then great. If you're playing hazmat, maybe <laughs> I, I don't even <laughs> I don't have hazmat, so I don't really know. But it's definitely one of the one of the most punishing cards, uh, or rather, most most punishing location revealed played to an revealed location, and it flips and it's a with no name. It's just it's just so devastating. It's it, it hurts so bad. Yeah. Well, and that's where I love when you know you got to think about playing to unrevealed locations because of that aspect uh you know you you might think well i don't like this first location that's revealed so i'm going to play in the last one and if it's bar with no name you you just gave up one location so all the the opponent has to do is focus on one spot yep do you remember i remember when i first started i always felt like the dope uh turn one play was nightcrawler on the far right lane I mean that, that kind of is okay. Solid play. That's a, even with bar with no name. That you know you play them. That's what's nice about like those cards that can move around. Uh, you know, especially Nightcrawler. Like playing them out early into an unrevealed location is perfectly fine uh, because true, true. you you can control where that goes. Uh, you know, so that's that's one of the few exceptions where you know go ahead and play them out wherever basically. Okay, okay. I still think that you're giving up a little bit of equity by making yourself have to move him if it's a bad situation. But, you know, he kind of bails you out. So, anyway, I just, yeah, um, just I mean, such nostalgia for this for the my early days. Good old Nova <laughs> Carnage. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Big House is the next one. This is, I think, one of the more common locations – do you know, Sterling, do they do the locations have like a rarity on like how often they come up? Do you know anything about I, that? I know they mentioned way back in the beginning of beta that uh, there are some that are uh, coded to come out, you know, not on turn one and more towards turn three. Um, there's also some like Ego that I know has just a very low chance of coming out anyways, no matter what uh, spot that location is going to be in. Um, I don't know exactly what their their stats are for how often certain locations come out, but I know some reveal more often than others. And uh, you know, yeah, like uh, like I said, ego is definitely one that's on the very low end. Yeah, so I feel like the big house is one of the common ones because it comes out often. It's four, five, and six cost cards can't be played here. Now, it's something to to note if you're if you're new um, or just super casual and haven't come across it yet. Even if a card has its cost modified, it still remembers that it's a four or five when it, its original cost is what this text is referring to. No, didn't they just uh, in one of the updates, didn't they change the wording on it? Because I know. Uh, oh, Goose did they? Now, yes. Goose now says uh, and some of those locations actually say cards that 
cost that are this cost. And so if you reduce the cost, uh, you know, or changed it, say like, uh, you know, with wave or, um, if Elysium is out, uh, which is, uh, reduce all your cards by one cost, uh, then that does open up some other ways of being able to play uh. cards. Uh, before okay, see, they did have the wording that, yeah, they did have the wording where you know, yeah, it remembered its exact cost. But now I think they, I'm pretty certain, in one of the the updates before the the re- global release, they changed some of the wording so that yeah, it actually looks at what the cost of a card is. See, bro, that's why you're the host and I'm the co-host. Okay, so that's that's what's up. I'm really glad. I'm I'm really happy about that because I felt like it was kind of counterintuitive. It kind of was like you had to have a lot of knowledge on the game to be like, oh, like just to keep that in your mind that cards cost a certain amount. And I I I, I didn't like that. So I'm glad that it's just a more straightforward way of, of yeah, doing was, this yeah it is definitely it, it, it now looks exactly at what the cost is of the card not what it originally was got it got it so like you said this opens up a lot of uh possibilities this card seems to be slightly less brutal as it was before yeah i mean it's still because how often are you reducing, you know, six costs by more than one or two? You still can't play them in that location, but um, not sure that. Yep. You know, you you still it gives you some good information if your deck that might be just the location that you just don't even bother with because you're you're playing more of the higher end uh, type stuff. But again, you you know knowing. You know, your deck, how your deck plays, and knowledge of all the cards, what potentially your opponent plays. You know, if you see them playing things like Nightcrawler and Korg and Iceman, then you're like, okay, they're probably playing a Kazar-style deck, so they're going to be able to take more advantage of this location than I can. Right, right. Huh, okay, well, that, that's good to know. I'm, I'm glad we, we brought that up. That really changes a lot, but still, it still can be, depending on your deck, some place that you might not want to go. All right. Yep. Uh, the, the hub. Add a random card to each player's hand. Eh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's fun. Like you said, RNG is you know pretty popular in this game, but uh, you know sometimes you'll get a really good card that you can actually play, and other times you get a card that's like, yeah, this is just a waste in my hand right now. Yeah, or it could take up a slot in your hand and kind of jam things up when you're trying to, uh, like maybe make dupe girl do something where you, like you want to Jane Foster all your zero cost cards into your hand. You got this thing in the way. I feel like the chances of it being bad are pretty low. I feel like back when I first started playing, I whenever I got like a random card added to my hand, I felt like I, I would play it. But I feel like that's just not good. I think you're better off playing something in your deck most of the time when it's just when you just get a random card. Right, and it also depends on like the setup for your deck, because uh, I play a lot of uh, Destroyer-style decks right now, and usually it's like, if you get Sunspot turn one, awesome. You play them turn one, but then you don't have a ton of stuff you want to do until three or four, so um, you know, you're kind of sitting around, uh, you know, gaining some, some power on Sunspot, and 
you know, then uh, if you do draw, you know, get a random card that you're able to play on curve or whatever, maybe you want to, maybe it'll throw off the opponent too to like, oh, why are they playing this, you know? But uh, a key thing for, for you new players to know, if you click on the card, you can see how it was created. It will tell you um, if, it, if it came from the hub. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good to know. So you know that your opponent isn't just playing some weird jank that you don't know about. And it was just, I feel like, I feel like the hub is, it's, you get more value if it gives you a low cost card. So like maybe that you can throw it out there on turn four with one of your three drops, something that you could just like play in addition to what you've already got. Or of course, like the magic Christmas land scenario where it gives you a duplicate of one of the great cards in your deck, one of the synergistic cards. And oh, that, you just that's pop off from there. Yeah. That's awesome when that happens, especially, you know, I love it when I'm playing like the goblins, you know, you, you have a green goblin in hand and then the hub gives you another green goblin. It's like, oh, thank you so much. You kind of go, like, that's what the green goblin would do. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Um, The ice box, give a card in each player's hand plus one cost. Hope you didn't snap too soon, hoping that you'd be playing Psylocke on turn two or uh, playing your Mr. Negative on turn four, because this can mess your game up if it hits the wrong card. Yep. No, I've had numerous times where it hits my Professor X and it's like, well, I guess I'm not playing him this game. And you got to change up your game plan then, Uh, because... You know, as I mentioned, when I I like playing Destroyer decks, uh, you know, Professor X is kind of an important card to get down. And if you're not playing him till six, his lockdown doesn't really help out. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like whenever I get a card in hand, whenever the fact happens to a card in my hand, like when I get Iceman, I feel like the card I just never play that card. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it just kind of depends. Uh, again, uh, I think it really is dependent on your curve and where, you know, that changed. Because um, as you mentioned, some cards you really want to come down on a specific turn. Uh, whereas there are also other cards that it's like, eh, I don't really care that that costs, you know, one extra now. Um, you know, if you get, you know, you got to pay two for a Nightcrawler, you know, maybe you got a, a, an extra two energy on one of your turns. You just go ahead and throw it down. It didn't really affect you. Whoa. So I'm, I'm thinking here, bro. So with this new update, this new update, will that affect, let's say this happened to your Nightcrawler, would that mean that Kazar doesn't buff Nightcrawler then? I believe so because he's no longer a one cost. He would be a two cost. Same with if, you know, you uh, like the big house, you know, if you have a three cost in hand and ice box increases it by one, you cannot play it at the big house now. Mm, I love that. I love Oh, that's so, that's such a huge change. I love it though. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought it was kind of counterintuitive to be like, oh, these cards can't, you know, certain costs can't be here. And you're like, but this is the cost. Like, it got reduced. It got changed. Like, so I'm glad that they they saw that and kind of, you know, reworked some wording. It didn't really change too much how things are played, but it does open up some more possibilities as to, you know, how things play out. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, so here's another one. Uh, this is kind of a newer one, I think. The next, um, your power here is granted other locations as well. Damn, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, it's it's a super powerful location. Uh, the only thing I would suggest to players is be aware of somebody potentially changing that location on you. Because if you're going to throw down a bunch of your power, your big dudes into one location and not worry about another location, just because you're thinking, oh, I'm going to have 30 power across the board. And then all of a sudden they play, you know, Scarlet Witch or Rhino or whatever, and they change the location on you. Now all of that power in the other locations go away. Yep, that's that's about it. So I think maybe with this one, it, you're probably more uh, likely to play play there late. I think that that might be a good strategy with this. I location. honestly, I still just go ahead and throw down like the good stuff that I don't put all my eggs in one basket, but I still want some good power there. That way, even if they do change the location, I'm still winning that location. Uh, but I do want to have like a plan B as well okay i feel that that's good all right um the super flow i love this one of the most fun locations in the game if you have no tier plus one energy each turn oh it's great i love it oh i, I love super flow um and you can you can wreck their game plan so many different ways with this uh you know uh location because one i mean you you're you're playing stuff a turn early, so that's always really good. And then two, if you play something like uh, Professor X, and they don't, because people don't usually don't play there until like the last turn. So if you lock it down early, now you know they're that's a free location for you. Also, uh, we mentioned the goblins before. If you throw down a green goblin on turn three, it's going to their side. They're no longer getting the extra energy while you continue to get the extra energy. Yes, that that is huge to, to keep in mind. I, I love the play of Professor X here when opponent wants to keep you know, laying stuff down and getting the benefit. You know they're not going to play there, so you just drop Professor X and it's locked down and you can live with losing the uh, the extra energy. I, I definitely like the location. Uh, it makes token generators, well, just Squirrel Girl pretty much not good. Um, and yeah, you again, know, very... not, yeah. back to not you know playing stuff too early. I, I love it when people play Squirrel Girl on turn one and all right, you have no clue what's coming out. And then all of a sudden there's super flow and there's bar with no name. And it's like, all right, sweet. You know, I, I've got this now. Yeah, it's it's like a between like playing in pool one and playing in pool two because I remember when I was stoked. I was like, yes, Squirrel Girl every time, and I started playing more and things like this would happen and uh, you know Bar with No Name and Squirrel Girl's not not doing it for me anymore, <laughs> filling up too many slots. I want to play all my zero cost. I want to play my whole my whole deck out. Anyway, I'm getting off on a, on a tangent with that, but yeah, when, whenever. Uh, you can get an extra energy each turn. That's great, but you also got to keep in mind your opponent's getting that too, and some people are playing very heavy decks with stuff like Wave and Electro to um, like uh, facilitate that naturally. So if they're getting another way to drop stuff early, 
I that's something that you, you might want to keep in mind is that your opponent might be able to take even better advantage of it than you can. Right, right. Also, uh, I've seen a lot of people where uh, this also happens with, you know, other uh, locations like Elysium where people will just play out a bunch of stuff. And, you know, it's it's not the a game loss if you don't spend all of your energy in one turn. Don't be afraid, you know, to not play something out. It is okay to, you know, say, I, I need to take maybe one more turn to see what my opponent does and react to them. For sure, for sure. And because you don't want to... Just because you have the extra energy, you don't want to reach too far and start playing things unnaturally early, and, and that can kind of mess up the way that certain cards can be played. So, yeah, that's something definitely good to keep in mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here we go. The, the Triskelion. Fill each player's hand with random cards. What's the maximum hand size? Is that is it eight? Seven, I think. Yep. Seven. Okay, okay. So this could good or bad for you depending on how many cards you've dumped when it flips yeah what's really annoying is if you're playing you know more of a you know not too many low drops you're playing a few twos and mostly three and forward and this comes out on turn one and you aren't drawing any cards until you can actually start playing stuff that's the only time i've really hated that location i don't mind getting some random cards uh you know it's sometimes you you get something that's worth playing a lot of the times, like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather draw from my deck. That's what that's how I built it, you know? Right. Yeah, that, that's a good point. You, you could get where your hand's full, and then you're not drawing anything off of your deck, so you're not able to advance your game plan. So eh, I'd be watching for the snap and ready to concede at that point. Yeah, and there's been times where, again, you got to have a plan B, maybe even plan C in a lot of these games, because... Uh, there's been times I've, I've played stuff out early just so I can draw. Didn't really want to, but, uh, you know, it wasn't the end of – I wasn't losing either. So, you know, yes, I didn't get the full advantage of the way I wanted to play the cards, you know, in the right order. But, again, you know, moving to your plan B, that is, sometimes you just got to do that. Yeah, and, and this is another example of RNG kind of affecting players equally, even though it might seem – well, you know, what if I got, like, three Electras and my opponent got all, like, dope cards? You know, I I, I don't know. Imagine a good card <laughs> that is cheap. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, it, it, I, but I feel like it's more of the way that, like, that your hand, it gums up your hand and yeah. messes with your curve. It's more of that than... Oh, I, I only got uh, cheap uh, bad cards and my opponent got, you know mid-costed dope cards so i i think that that's you know, about the rng in the game it doesn't exist it can sometimes feel bad but most of the time i think it's just equal for both players right yeah and every card game is rng anyways i mean rng starts the minute you shuffle up a deck yeah we're not playing chess here right yep <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about that? We, we're not going to mention anything, but did you you know who Magnus Carlson is? Is that the guy's name? Oh yes, he's, yep. I know he. Did you hear he about is. the controversy? Do you hear about the controversy with his opponent? He was alleging I, he was cheating. I did not actually. Oh bro, oh bro, you gotta Google it. Just Google. Yeah, it. I looked that up. Uh, and, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, hey, not not to <laughs> not to kink shame anyone, you know. Anyway, um, 
Next up, <laughs> the vault. <laughs> uh, on turn six, cards can't be played here. Hmm. Uh, I, yeah. I so like this location. Um, just because, you know, okay, so I can't play my six drop there. Maybe there's another location. But I, you, you can also set it up knowing, like, you can't play there either on six. So if I'm winning by turn five... You know, that's the key time is turn five knowing, like, am I – is this a location I want to fight for or do I just give it up, let my opponent put more resources there while I'm playing into other locations? I've seen that a lot. Your your opponent just, just drops everything, goes way overboard, and fills that location up, and you say, forget it, I'm not going to do that, and – uh, it, that's like one of the. I think that's one of the level up moments in Marvel Snap. Like you're early in the game, you're like, okay, well, on turn six, I can't play cards here. Then of course I'm going to fill it up while I can. Uh, then the next step on the decision tree is how about I maybe I just don't play anything there. Yeah, yep. It's yeah, it's a good choice sometimes. Uh, you know, especially you know if you you think your opponent is going to play a bunch there, just don't even worry about it. Or, or okay, maybe, uh, maybe you just have a good power power play on turn five, you know? So, Yeah, it, it can work out where you're just playing straight up good old uh, easy basic Marvel snap. I, that, you know what, man? So here's something before we go to the next location that I've been thinking about that's really hard. And I think it doesn't really come into play until, like, you're deep in pool three. Like, bluffing and the the meta of like when you're playing against all people who know what they're doing because what when you get to that point then you really got to start second guessing your decisions i feel like that doesn't start happening until late pool two uh early pool three what, what do you think about that i yeah i for the most part agree with you um i have definitely noticed this past week um that more I'm, I'm playing against more players that are willing to stick around longer than they should. Um, you know, uh, I'm definitely going to keep, you know, uh, talking about our previous uh, episodes, but, you know, do not be afraid to retreat, uh, especially if your opponent is snapping and you don't have that guaranteed win in your hand. There is no reason to stay longer just to see how it played out. Now, I'll do that if there's the max of two cubes on a line. Because uh, I don't mind giving up two cubes just to see, like, okay, I think you're going to play this, but if you don't, maybe I'll, I'll win, you know, because I do have some good plays here on the last turn. But if they snap on the last turn, I'm out of there. I'm not giving you four cubes just so I can see how the game ends. Right, right. Uh, I think it's something that, it definitely it's one of the more advanced levels of Marvel Snap uh, is that the back and forth and, and like the next leveling and knowing when I think that if this game ever does get like a real competitive scene where we're seeing people flown to an arena or, you know, flown to a hotel convention center and sitting sitting down and doing the uh doing the thing with the webcams and, and everything, I think that you're going to see a lot more bluffing and turn like outright weird play 
outside of meta play, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, that one of the beauty, that one of the beautiful things about Marvel Snap is you might have a better chance of winning with an off meta deck than with a meta deck because then your opponent doesn't know what you're going to do. But I guess what I'm getting at is at what point, you know, to do, at what point are you playing against people that are fully informed? I guess that's what I'm getting at. See, and I think it's a, the more you play, and this is the same for pretty much any competitive style card game. The more you know the interactions and know the cards, and you know you can still, even with the off meta, you can still kind of have an idea what potentially is my opponent looking to do here. You can also think like uh, there's numerous times where I'm looking at the board and I'm like, I'm going to throw down 16 power on this location on this turn with Destroyer. What potentially could my opponent play here as well? You know, and if you haven't seen stuff that plays well into a Destroyer deck, you, okay, maybe they're, they're going to play a Hulk. Well, that's not enough power to beat my 16. So, um, again, it's just back to the knowledge of the cards, the card pool. Uh, and what you could potentially be facing. You may not always be right, but if you have a good idea, like, you know, this is probably what you're going to play. Um, and you, if you watch, all the, you know, streamers and, uh, you know, I'm going to throw out the TLSG and uh, Jeff Hoagland, those two uh, are very good at, at actually predicting what the opponent's going to do. They talk about it. They'll mention, okay, my opponent might be playing this, might be doing this. If I draw this, I'm, I'm good to go. Next thing you know, the opponent plays exactly what they said. Huh. Yeah. Yep. That's, so that's that, that's that next, next level type of stuff. And yeah, sorry for the aside, but I thought, I felt like that was a, the vault was a good place to, to talk about that. Yeah, no, so, definitely. Dude. All right. Um, Tinkerer's Workshop. Plus one energy this turn. I feel like this is just one of those times where just because you have the extra energy doesn't necessarily mean that you should spend. Right. It's you gotta you know think a little bit about is you know what's my line of play here? Is it best to spend the energy? Sometimes it's just you know Tinker's Workshop comes out on turn you know one and you just you still you don't have any two drops uh, and you just play your one drop. So what you. You lost an energy. Oh, well. And if your opponent plays a two drop, I mean, how often is it, you know, they got a better benefit out of it than your one drop? I mean, it's the the power ratio between ones and twos isn't that big. Uh, now, if it, Tinker's Workshop comes out, you know, on turn three and all of a sudden like, oh, now fours are open. That's it's a little different. So it, it depends really on when that location gets revealed, I think. Right, and also the the composition of your deck. Same thing with the next location, Titan. Six cost cards, cost one less. Now, this one, not so much as Tinkerer's is like revealed, but more so if your deck can take advantage of this, then it's just, it's going to matter. Otherwise, it's not. I think they're pretty similar locations, although the the, the effect is, is pretty different. It, it both kind of comes down to deck composition. Right. You know, and, you know, I, I keep bringing up decks that I play, but like Destroyer, uh, 
I probably don't want to play Destroyer on turn five because that's, uh, you know, usually is the turn I want to play Professor X or maybe play an armor in a three drop or, you know, there's just better things I want to do to set up. If I have Destroyer in hand, Destroyer wants to come down on turn six. Right, right. Yep. All right. So the next one, I don't know if I've seen this. This might have been updated. Transia, shuffle the locations. Is that is that a... Is that a real look? Am I, I'm reading off an unofficial list here. <laughs> I, I've never heard of that one. Plus, we have that. Uh, we just talked about it earlier. The the one that swaps locations. So I don't. I'm not sure what I, that. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if that somehow like got in there because that was originally what the like effect like the maybe that was like the beta test or like the pre testing the alpha testing name of that effect location anyway we'll yeah. keep moving that's that's yeah. not a real location yep. ah, scratch that from the record uh <laughs> okay the next one wakanda cards here can't be destroyed i love how it throws up the little shield uh just like armor does but it's the the purple wakanda shielding that's dope yeah no it's and that's a, it's a fun location i mean uh Depends. All these locations really depend on your deck, but like if you're playing a destruction deck, that you don't really want to see this, and you're kind of forced more into other lanes. Um, but if I, you know, again, if I'm playing my destroyer deck, though, I don't have to worry now about finding armor. Or if I do find armor, now I've got two locations that I don't have to worry about losing my cards at. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of decks, I think, that can take advantage of this. Also, the one-drop deck. I mean, I guess if Killmonger still exists as, like, something that people play, uh, that that deck, the the one-drop deck, can take care, uh, advantage of that location as well. Um, and I know that uh, Arnim Zola got nerfed, so yeah, you have to destroy the card Right. If it, if it does not get destroyed, he doesn't work, which I think is how that's supposed to work anyways. Yeah, yeah. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, moving on, another sweet uh, Wakandan location, Wakandan Embassy. Give plus two power to cards in players' hands, and this can be devastating. If you've got the right cards in your hand, whew. This can really this can end the game if your opponent can't take advantage of it. Oh yeah, I mean you're both getting the same benefit out of it, but it depends on you know, like you said, the deck composition. If you're you're playing a bunch of like six drops, and they're all in your opening hand, you're you're not going to get a, you know too much advantage out of it. Whereas somebody that's playing, as you mentioned, the the one drop deck, you know, now their stuff is beefed up. Um, but I, I think it's a fair location. Everybody's getting the same benefit out of it. Uh, the one deck that absolutely hates seeing it is Cerebro because it, that messes with your power and you don't want your power messed with. Yeah, have you been playing that deck? Or you, just, you mentioned you've been playing the Destroyer deck. This season, I, I put Cerebro away. I kind of go back to it occasionally. Um, but uh, I've really been enjoying Destroyer right now. Nice, nice. All right, yeah. So again, it's it, like for me, Mister Sinister, 
Ah, so sweet. Getting that plus two power or or multiple man or Hulkbuster. Just, just, just cool stuff. Just definitely like if you can take advantage of it, then you'll know. Oh, exactly. Yep. Uh, Washington, (laughs) D.C. What a boring, what a boring location, right? Washington, D.C. Whatever, right? Yep. The only deck that cares to see this that will actually affect their game plan is Patriot. Because Patriot buffs up cards that don't have any abilities. And Washington, D.C. gives, what is it, plus how much to card? Plus three power to card with no abilities. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's and and that's a, where sometimes locations, certain locations that come out in certain orders might matter. If you get Subterranea on your first location and you're shuffling five rocks into your deck and only drawing those rocks, if your opponent's not drawing those rocks, they're not getting advantage from playing rocks out. Uh, you, you can play them out to Washington, D.C. and actually get some use out of those rocks. Yeah, Squirrel Girl loves it too. Uh, you know, I just gotta gotta say, you know, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna poo poo on on Squirrel Girl where appropriate and praise her also. I've definitely played games where there's been Washington D.C. and uh, the place where you can't play cards to, and someone plays Squirrel Girl, and it's like, damn, that's that's really good for them. Uh, right. But man, yep. I I was saying Washington D.C. was a a boring location, not just from ability but flavor wise dude man just like washington dc that just sucks man. like everywhere else is so much cooler they should just change that to transia just call that transia and just get rid of washington dc that's yeah, fine all right yeah. weird world it's pretty weird both players draw from their opponent's decks i I actually like this. Uh, it I really enjoy when you know your the game is kind of flipped on its head a little bit. Um, I just you know posted in the Facebook group a uh, game I had with somebody from Weird World, and you know I'm sitting with a Green Goblin in my hand that I'm already playing in my deck. Weird World comes out the next draw, I'm drawing their Green Goblin as well. So, uh, oh I yeah, I saw that. To, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was able to play their deck against them, and they, you know, uh, not to say that my deck wasn't good, but they they were still trying to play their deck because they they were playing Lockjaw, they played out Jubilee, um, they played out Jane Foster, and it's like, well, I, I don't. You should have switched your game plan, you know. And again, knowing cards knowing what the meta is like and what potentially people can play you can tell within the first one or two draws like oh okay this is the deck that you put together and know how to play around it now maybe and and play it better play it to the way that deck was meant to be played sure so then you would agree uh what i what i get from what you're saying here because you said that you like it when the game gets flipped on its head uh, like District X, right? That one, that's the one where replace each uh, player's deck with random cards, right? Yep, uh, that's a that's so. location that I'll I'll snap on immediately. Uh, I just find it fun. And I I feel like in look in situations like Ted, you get rewarded for how much information you know about Marvel Snap, and that's where watching stream and listening to podcasts and chatting on Facebook 
can do. It can give you a leg up on the competition to when all things are equal, you're going to know, okay, I, I drew this one card and I played with it before and I know how it works and I, and I know that it's, it'll work with my deck or the other way around. So something to keep in mind as the listener of this, I like to say, you know, I'm, I'm an, we are an aspirational podcast because we're also aspirational players. And if you're an aspirational player listening, uh, this is the, this is where our, this is where we're going to thrive when your knowledge and experience and even just anything that you've soaked up. So that's a great way to start in cubes. Yes, exactly. Yep. All right. What's the, what's the next location we got coming up here? Westview turns into a new location on turn four. Yeah, so it, it's one that you – it's almost like playing to an unrevealed location. Uh, you got to be aware that this might change into something you don't want. So um, can you play around it? Not really. Um, maybe, though, you just don't play there until, you know, after turn four. Um, again, it just depends on, you know, if you want to chance the RNG gods. Yeah, you just drop my crawler there. It'll be okay. So, <laughs> from a pretty, co- I think Westview is a pretty common location uh, to a rare location. I'm sure of it. Uh, you know, into the actual details, but build ship destroy the other locations, going Galactus style on the map. Yeah, I think I've seen this about less than I've seen Ego, actually. And I haven't seen Ego, but maybe a handful of times. Uh, I think I've played this maybe twice, three times at the most. But, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those that you you can't do anything about. And if you played into other locations, it's going to be a little tougher on you. But, uh, again, you're down to one location now, so it's really important to utilize those four spots as best as you can. Right. Like, like you're saying, just because you can play something doesn't mean you should. I've, I've been in situations playing world ship where, or even any other game where the other locations just get turned off for any other reason. Uh, old plays. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to chill. I'm going to wait till turn four, four drop, play five drop, play a six drop. And, you know, through one, two, and three, only play one card because I know that it. I'm just I'm. This is the only place I'm going to play to, and unfortunately, for if you overplay into it, you can. If you panic, you can kind of screw yourself. <laughs> right. Yep. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, another. This is a common one, I think. X Mansion. How like X Mansion is like a thousand times cooler than Washington D.C. Right. Like so much <laughs> Yes. Um, at the end of turn three, add a random card here for each player. Um, it can be. This is kind of where I I can I'll concede that RNG can be kind of brutal. Right. Yeah. If uh, you know your opponent gets Hobgoblin and you got a Agent Thirteen, you definitely feel like, well, I just kind of bent over and got shafted there. Uh, it would be nice if they were the same cost. 
Yeah, that's uh, I agree with that. Like if it's I'm fine with it being random, but if you're going to give me a random one drop, my opponent should get a random one drop as well. If you want to give us right. both six drops like, yeah, at that point, there's still some power differences because if you get you know a dr doom and they get an arnim zola like you definitely got the better end there but that's you know that's how rng works though sometimes but it it feels way worse when you're getting a one drop and they're getting something more powerful than a one drop you know i kind of feel like x mansion should say at the end of turn three and add a random three cost card uh for each player because I feel like X Mansion, although the professors there are all, um, you know, like advanced peeps, you know, this Herman, like the faculty, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I think X Mansion, I'm thinking more of the kids. So it would be like a smaller. I mean, I I know like what's his name, Cyclops is power three or uh, cost three, but just if it was a lower cost card, I feel like that would be cool. Oh, yeah. I kind of agree with you there. Yeah, if it was like a three cost or less even, then I wouldn't feel so bad if I get a, you know, a Nightcrawler and they get a Cyclops. Like, okay, the power ratio isn't that big there. And maybe my Nightcrawler is actually better for me because I can move him out to a spot that will benefit me. Yeah, move him to Stark Tower so he can get the plus, right? He can get the plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and then uh, Xandar. Cards here have plus one power. That's cool. You want to have yeah, it pretty full, I mean, right? It, well, yes and no. I mean, uh, even if you do fill it up, it's only four power. Like, again, you don't... Just because the, you see that plus power there, plus one is not that big. It, it doesn't really change too much for you. Um, it's more on your cards. And, it, you know, how... Is that just a location you wanted to fight for anyways? You know, great. Okay, so you get a little little boost there. Uh, but I wouldn't go out of your way just to play cards there. Right. I've, like you said, that's something to really keep in mind. It's just plus four power. And that's kind of, I, I've been, that's a way that I've used to evaluate cards. Like, um, like Spider-Woman or um, like Punisher or Captain America. Just think like, okay, this can be at maximum uh, X power. And think of it that way instead of just the the pie in the sky situation. Like, oh, I doubled the the arm reveals. So then they get minus eight power because they have a full location. And um, like you said, just keep it in perspective. It's only at most plus four power overall okay so we got four more to go and these are just some uh some newer locations that we uh i want to bring up because uh, i'm not sure since you said you were looking through an, an unaffiliated you know list there uh yeah, yeah. you didn't mention tva no, do, I you didn't. Recall what, do you recall what that one does and the game on turn four right that is correct. Uh, so yeah, that that one's an interesting one to come out, especially you know if it comes out on turn three, then it's like it throws both players for a huge, you know, curveball where like, oh, we get one more turn to play. Ooh. Right. Uh, that's something I remember was first starting to play in TBA pop, and I would be like, man, 
I need to play Scarlet Witch in my deck, or I have to play Rhino because I just can't have the game end by turn four. But <laughs> I'd rather just have a good deck and concede if necessary. Right. But it it is fun if you're already playing something like Scarlet Witch in your deck. You can, you know, your opponent, like, mess with your opponent where they're thinking the game's going to end. So they go ahead and throw down all of their cards, basically putting all their eggs in one basket. And you play Scarlet Witch and you're like, yeah, I still got, you know, three more turns to go now. Yes. Hell yeah. TVA. So I, I, I love the theme of it and i love how miss minutes comes up and how the little grenade thing drops kind of yes yeah uh, like when they, when they the reset animations. the timeline yes yeah <laughs> very cool nice nice uh good, good way to remember again that's why you're the host all right so <laughs> and hey if anyone's listening if you've listened to these three episodes and you notice that we've missed uh a location leave it in the comments let us know um but we've got four more to go uh the raft this is that super high uh, high security prison, right? Yes. Um, yep. And it's pretty cool thematically, right? So it's whoever fills this location first draws a six cost card. It costs zero, so you're breaking them out of the out of prison, kinda. Yeah. No, and it's it, it's a fun location because you can, uh, you know, if your opponent goes ahead and throws down four cards as quick as possible just to get that free six drop. Maybe that free six drop is an Artem Zola. Now they can't really utilize it. Or maybe that free six cost is a uh, infinite and they don't want to give up their turn five. Uh, so I would, I, I, my suggestion is don't rush it. If your opponent gets it, okay, you you have to keep in mind maybe they have a free six drop. And there has been times where I'm like, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and play through this game and they'll drop, you know, two big powerful cards, six drops on turn six because they have something free. They have like a Magneto for free and America Chavez that they're already playing in their deck. Right. And you know, depending on where they play it, that it could be game over or not. And hey. This is the all-star of this episode, Nightcrawler. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is a super dope place to play him because it ties in with that next level pl- gameplay of Nightcrawler of you don't move him until later. So you can fill up the location without being punished by having a full location uh, because you're out of there. So that, that's something else to keep in mind. Right. Nightcrawl, also, play him. Play him. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, be aware of like the goblins too, uh, because if you play either of the goblins for your fourth card, there you have filled it up. It's going to look at that first and say, "Yep, you filled it," and then it will go to your opponent. Oh yes. Okay. Very interesting. That that's a good tip, dude. All right. The raft is super cool thematically and gameplay. Uh, next, we got the peak. Each card in your hand swaps its power and cost. So it just does the Mr. Negative thing for you. I mean, yeah, I, I, like I remember it. when I remember when it first came out. It was only a few weeks ago, but uh, everybody was playing a Mr. Negative deck. And that, that was kind of annoying. Like, ugh, really, guys, like, come on. Um so I, I think during time, yeah, when it was a featured location, I, I kind of I didn't play as many games because I was tired of just playing the same exact 
deck every single time. Um, it was like just yeah. So I like the the idea of featured locations, but it's also a little frustrating at times because they they do it to try and like let's mess with the meta a little bit, but uh-huh. in a way it kind of like limits the meta because people are playing specific decks to play into that location or playing the exact counter to that location. And then if it's not fun, like you said, it can make you turn the game off. Yeah, if I'm if I'm only seeing one deck every time I hop on, I I'll give it, you know, a day or two before I I really put more effort into it. Especially if I'm grooving like with a deck that I think is going to be like my main deck to help me climb. And and it's like, no, you got to play this now. Otherwise, you're just going to lose. That's a situation where I, I have in the past. I was, I've been, I remember I was, I, back when I thought that movement was the only deck that existed after um, Nova Carnage got nerfed, I was playing the movement deck and one of these, one of the, oh, it was uh, Bifrost. Bifrost was the, uh, oh, yes. Yep. And I, I stopped playing. Because movement was the deck that I was all in on, and I was learning it, and I was like getting the hang of it. And then it was like, nah, dude, your movement deck is beat now. And I didn't feel like playing around it. Or actually, it was more, I'll tell you this it was more that I didn't want to do the thinking required to, to, to like <laughs> do. Marvel Snap games can be pretty chill, but they can also be super complicated. So, I, also, I was doing a lot of my playing late at night, uh, watching a newborn. So, uh, I at that point, I was like, "No, care." <laughs> right. Yep. I hear you there, man. All right. So that's the peak. Uh, uh, this one is cool. Oscorp Tower. After turn three, all cards at the location will swap sides. Now. I learned something today on Facebook. Uh, something like, like this is swapping is different than moving because, like, somebody like Colossus uh, still swaps sides because it's it, it it says that it can't it, be yep. moved. Right, it's not a move. It's it's swapping. So um, this is another one where I mean I didn't, I just mentioned I don't like you know playing the you know when seeing the same deck over and over. But when this came out, um, I was loving Hood and Electro. Mm, mm. Oh yeah, because if you give them you know, Electro, then they can only play one card a turn. Yep, and they don't get the the energy bonus. You, energy's a bonus is an on reveal from Electro. His ongoing is you can only play one card a turn, so you get all the benefits. They get all the downfall. And if you played Hood as well, you're getting that demon and you're giving them a negative two power card. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's definitely. And hey, man, love Oscorp Tower. How cool. Um, yep. Finally, uh, you've got this one Daily Bugle. Tell us about it, Sterling. Oh, yeah. So, when it's revealed, you get a copy of a card from your opponent's hand. So it's nice to kind of get some information. Um, also, you gotta you, you can kind of play around like, okay, I have these three cards. What what card did you potentially get out of this? So, um, and what's really cool in the game is that it, it will copy the exact card. So it copies your the card back you're using. If it's a variant, it copies that. It copies 
you know what rarity you have it at if it's you know still a a common or if it's infinite um so really important to you know pay attention to see those animations and also like i mentioned if you click on the card it will tell you uh where that card came from it will say at the bottom created by uh daily bugle interesting well and it can also kind of um effectively be like a discard like a yondu or a moon knight where if you wait so wait are you taking the card from the hand or you're just drawing a a copy copy of it you just get a copy of it so they still have that card so yeah um, got it, got I've, I've had numerous games where I'm like, okay, did they get my Professor X? But then I see them play out something else, and I'm like, okay, do you not have Professor X? I I, I can breathe uh, a little bit, not have to play around that. But That's uh, cool. again, it, you know, sometimes it will be you know a, a synergistic type of piece to their deck that maybe if you don't have the rest of the cards, you're not going to get full advantage of it. Um, you know, things like, oh, well, like Professor X. Uh, so I'm playing, uh, you know, the TLSG, uh, had mentioned, uh, got a, a spotlight on this or something where it's, uh, calling wing and, uh, swarm with Professor X and, uh, destroyer. So if you can get calling wing to discard your swarm, on turn five, you can still play Professor X and two swarms and guarantee that, like, okay, I've got enough power to lock this down now instead of, like, ooh, are they going to play something as well and hope for it? Hmm, nice. Ah, it's always it's nice to hear Colleen Wing's name mentioned. Yeah, I, I hadn't played her a whole lot. Even when Discard, you know, was part of the meta and super popular, I just, I didn't have, uh, you know, some of the key cards by then. And when I did finally get, you know, uh, other key cards, I, was, I just kind of put put her out of my mind. Same with Swarm. I was like, oh, those only go on the Discard. But like, yeah, in this, yeah, it, it's a really fun to see other people. I, I'm not a deck builder, and no matter what game that has a deck, building in it i i don't build decks i'm definitely a net decker uh i don't see that as a problem either because some people just have better skill at putting a deck together i can definitely learn the deck and play it well though um and that's what i've been doing like i'll take a deck that just plays into my style and that's what this you know destroyer deck is it's definitely my style it's a very kind of controlly you know just wait and react to the opponents and know you know what is best and when to when to snap and when to leave. That's right. And I, I'm with you in that deck. I'll say a Marvel Snap does kind of have a Brewer's Paradise type of feel in that it's everything's kind of a rate, even if you are net decking or not net decking, everything's kind of a riff on everything. And even if it's not, even if you make a totally unique deck, it's probably not going to be as powerful, but it might be able to win because your opponent will have no idea what the hell you're doing. Oh, exactly. Like, you know, the, I know there's been numerous times where, uh, you know, turn five, I snap because I have Professor X and two swarms in my hand. And, you know, all I've played out is a sunspot and Colleen Wing. Well, if you didn't watch the TLSG video or you haven't seen this deck play out, you don't know what's about to happen to you. So, you know, Professor X then comes down with some swarms, locks down a location. And maybe I'd give up on Sunspot and play, you know, Destroyer where he was and, 
You know, the opponent was thinking, oh, he's only going to be at, you know, 70 power. No, here's 16 power. I don't care about Sunspot anymore. We did it. We finally got through all of the locations yep. and a fake one. And we're only, we only <laughs> did three episodes. Yes, yes. Uh, apologies to all your listeners for us taking, uh, you know, our time. But, yeah, hey. We're casual players, uh, you know, as as AJ has mentioned, we're aspirational players. We don't bank on, you know, a guaranteed timeline for us. We are here to just, you know, we're, we're fans of the game like you guys, and we're here to just, you know, put in a little bit of time when we have that free time to, to give you guys our, our tips, our advice, and our opinions about things. That's right, brother. And, you know, it's – we mentioned it before – it's fun to be able to talk about this game, and now that it's a global release, there's just a lot more people to talk about it with. So that's really cool, and we can tell friends. I don't know if I told you that. So I played a gig recently, um, and I mean, not recently, like in August. <laughs> and at the end of August, and I'm hanging out there with my buddy, um, my uh, one of my my bandmates cousins who's he's been you know riding with our bands forever and i'm hanging out and he's like dude i got into the beta shout out joe what's up joe weber he's joe so joe's telling me he's like man i got into the beta and i'm i'm about to go on stage and i'm standing outside talking about marvel snap with my boy and i'm like yeah dude check out (laughs) snap academy bro so you know if, if you're listening we appreciate you guys make sure to like and subscribe Drop us a comment. We got a lot of cool things coming on the horizon. We got a sponsorship we're working on. So with about a topic that's really important to us. We may be talking about gotta talk in Boston. All the updates since we uh since since we last went through that. Yeah, definitely. It's it's been a minute since we've actually really talked about things and we were, you know, focused on this location uh you know series so yeah we're basically gonna you know our next episode is gonna be kind of our season two we're gonna uh, you know start things fresh a little bit we're you know gonna definitely give out some uh some good uh, tips and you know advice to all you new players and uh i i want to just say thank you if you guys have lasted this long listening to us ramble on i i really appreciate you guys i love the enthusiasm and uh, you know, things that we're seeing in the Facebook group, uh, because I remember, you know, back, what is it, five months ago, this this beta started. Uh, I can't believe we've been playing for five months, but, uh, you know, to see how people are, are excited about, you know, Hulk on turn six and how it's such a, you know, amazing, like, you know, this is just going to win every game. And it's like, yeah, you guys have so much to look forward to but i love seeing that and, and just reminding me about how i i enjoyed all those new cards when i was first playing as well so uh, again thank you to all of our listeners especially all of you new players you know snap uh would not be the same snap academy would not be the same without you guys hell yeah thanks very much y'all we appreciate it so yeah with that i think we're gonna you know wrap things up uh check back with us you know uh we're very i'm very active in the facebook group uh, i know aj you're not quite as active but you're a, a uh, moderator 
uh, in there. So you definitely are still pretty active, but uh, don't be afraid to, you know, send a, send a message to either one of us, make a comment, uh, you know, on our posts or, you know, this is going to be uploaded to YouTube uh, and, you know, on various uh, podcasting, you know, sites and whatnot. So many ways to reach out to us. And we would love to hear from you guys if there's any topics you want us to talk about. If you guys also, you know, are doing your own stream and want to, you know, want us to plug you guys. That's what we're here for. That's what I started this for was really to to highlight, you know, anybody that's creating content and uh, just to get more information out to everybody. Faux show, faux show. All right. Love you guys. We'll catch you next time. Peace.